Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 257. Pretty exciting. Oscar uh, wrap-up. Oscar wrap-up. Our yearly Oscar wrap-up. Um, well, first, I just want to thank everyone that came out to see me uh, headline at the Improv in, at Harris in Las Vegas. Uh, fun week of shows. Had a blast. Uh, Gary Brightwell, uh, who's been on the show. Um, it was cool doing doing uh, doing shows with him and... Uh, saw some other comics who worked in town there, like Shane Matosh was working in town. Dave Williamson was at the oh, other cool. club. So it was a lot of fun. It was always, always fun there. Um, so, um, where do you want to begin? Let's go with overall impressions of the show <laughs> before we get into specific winners. Okay. Let's begin with, I will say, uh, one of my favorite moments was on the red carpet before the show when uh, Melanie Griffith was arguing with her daughter, Dakota uh, Johnson, about how she's not going to see her in uh, yeah. Shades of Grey. And then she ended up like a spoiled, petulant child. And it's like, oh, you know, it's a movie. Why you can't even see my movie? I'm like, oh, my what, God. What m- parent wants to watch their daughter, you know, in these violent sex scenes? What was funny is somebody tweeted, is like, maybe your mother doesn't want to watch you get torture banged <laughs> It's so, I was just like, there's no way you're that. No. How could you not? It was just, what a weird. Yeah. Boy. Ugh. I can imagine how high maintenance she is. Oh, it makes me not want to see that movie even more. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if a spoiler app's coming, you guys. You have to. You have to. So there's dumb. so much to talk about in that movie. Um, uh, but uh, overall, I have to say, um, Neil Patrick Harris um, did not do a good job. Wow. However, I don't. I don't put all the blame on him. I don't. It really looked like they had not hired writers this year for the show. Like, certainly not joke writers. Right. Or he was just making it up as he went along. Or he wrote his own jokes. Something where, like, everything fell flat. Everything and fell flat. it was weird. But like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's a joke that somebody would make if they're not a joke writer. It or was, they're not a comedian. It was, it was. And then, not only were the jokes not landing, but then he, like... I'm sorry, the, 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 the Crisis Hotline winner, the, those two women who won for the best documentary short subject, Crisis Hotline. She's talking about, she had that, that dress with the furry, the furry puffy balls on it or whatever. Oh, right? yeah. So she's talking about, you that know. she got from Whoville? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, she's talking about my son committed suicide. Yeah, really serious stuff. Really serious really, stuff. My son committed suicide and, you know, reach out. There's help for you. And then he goes, boy, it took a lot of balls to wear that dress. Like now, it, yeah, it wasn't even. Like, yeah. okay. On its own, that's a fine joke. Right. But right after that, it, it led me to believe, like, either he's just an idiot or he's just not paying attention. He's back off stage, and then Bruce Valanche or one of those morons is just like, not paying attention. Is just like, oh, here's a great joke about yeah. the dress, like haha yeah. balls, and it's just like, and and Twitter like exploded, like what are you doing? And uh, it, it it was just, I couldn't believe. It. And then I wrote five uh, thirty p.m. is the last time America was excited about him hosting the Oscars. <laughs> I saw somebody else tweet, um, uh, America just collectively fell out of love with... Um, NPH? Yeah. And and then he kept saying... And then like people would sing and he'd go, great song. And it just sounded like disingenuous. Well, I will say that opening number I thought was pretty good. Sure. I thought that opening musical number was good. But then it was like, okay, well then you forgot to write the rest of the show. 
Like there was nothing, and it was it was so long. It was way too long. Uh, I know it's long every year, but it felt a little longer this year. Time wise, it wasn't any longer than any of the last previous like six or seven. Really? Ones. Yeah, yeah. It just felt they're always about three and a half hours, three uh-huh. hour, three forty, and and it just was miserable felt longer because he. Couldn't get it, keep it moving. Every yeah. time he came back on stage, you're like, oh, and that bit where he didn't have any clothes, I was like, I, I tweeted, you know he wrote that. Yeah, of course. I want to walk around without my shirt on. And- I, think, I think I put, yeah, um, brave and unnecessary. <laughs> oh, God. It was just like, and he's acting like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. You know, I, this perfect Holly. Like, I'll tell you, and I like, I like Neil Patrick Harris, too. I, so I was, do I, I was prior really, to this. Yeah, I was really disappointed with um, his performance. Uh, and I'll tell you... If this was a more structured show, if he had a team of writers writing jokes, he was delivering the jokes, occasionally doing an ad lib, I thought he would have done a fine job. It really felt like there was either no jokes, he went off script, they had no joke writers. Like it just, it, you know what it felt like? It just felt sloppy. Yeah. Like it was thrown together. Like it didn't really feel like um, it was rehearsed. It was, you know, like uh, here's a great example is when he was doing his quote crowd work, you know, like, oh, are you a seat filler? And, and uh, when he gets to Steve Carell. Steve Carell is a comedian. He grabbed the joke and ran with it. And right. all of a sudden, you see the difference between a seasoned comedian right. than a, you a know, sitcom a, actor. A sitcom actor, yeah. He's or not a, a comic. Or a, Neil uh, Patrick Harris is not a or comedian. Or a stage performer. Exactly. Or, or a magician. And sure. I, I'm tweeting that, too. He is actually a magician. He's like, he can get you into the Magic Castle. Like, he's... Uh, and I knew, Who like... Cares? That, I knew, like, that dumb thing he was going to do at the end. I knew that, oh, it's a ma- he's going to do a magic trick at the end because he has, like, this great love of uh, magic. So, uh, I don't think he'll be asked back. I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, I, I really felt like it was the kind of thing where it was a uh, it was a misfire, but it had the potential to be okay. Like, it was like, like you know, when you got James Franco, there's no way you were going to make that good. Right. There's, there's, that was, there's no way yeah. that was going to be compelling, no matter how many writers you have in the mm-hmm. room. But with, um, with Neil Patrick Harris, who is a seasoned performer right. and, a, uh, and a seasoned sitcom actor, he can deliver lines. Yeah. Um, you know, if you had a structured show with specific lines to give him, I think he would have actually done okay. I think something back behind the scenes happened and it got sloppy and it went off the rails. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt the... My, my, you're like he started wanting to write his own stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like starting to believe his own hype that he's this genius comedian. It's like, no, you're a funny comedic performer. Yes, a professional comic can write. You know, John Stewart, <laughs> and these guys can well, write. Where are you going to find monologue uh, writers in Los Angeles? Yeah, I know they must be hard to find. Yeah, well, there aren't any late night talk shows or anything. How and, are you going to find joke writers? But it's just you're just sitting there going, "Wow, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler." Just book them for next year because yeah. they, the go, look at the look at the Golden Globes. They destroyed. Right. They were so funny, and they were just like every joke was so rock solid. You know, some of the jokes are written by them, but you know the team of writers that, that they, they brought that they brought they brought solid writers. Yeah. And it wasn't even a matter of like, oh well, he took a chance. No, it was just it was sloppy. It was all boring. Was it was just nothing. Like all there these, were no chances. Yeah, I, I, if he was like. All right, let's, you know. Like if he pulled a Letterman and just went really way off, like, book and script yeah. and just kind of made it like his own show, I'd actually be more forgiving of that of than course. some kind of sloppy half measure Yeah, is what he did. I know. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I mean, he he landed one little joke towards the end, and I was just like, 
That's a shame. It's, it's a, a shame. It's a, yeah, it is. Because I think that was kind of where, the, you, like I said, you had the potential and it just it, it went off course. So let's get into uh, the winners and the losers. Uh, performance by an actor in a supporting role. J.K. Simmons in Whiplash beat Mark Ruffalo, Edward Norton, Ethan Hawke, and Robert Duvall. He deserved it. I really, I really think so. The only other guy, I mean, Ethan Hawke, Edward Norton did really good jobs. Robert Duvall had no business. I mean, he's right. a fine actor, but the judge, yeah. he has no business being there. Um, the only, he looks a little bored actually at the awards too. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just, you know, uh, you know, what's interesting. It was just, that was just, that shows you marketing, how right. a marketing exactly. campaign is crucial um, no. because the judge never should have seen the light of day. Yeah. I, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I do want to make the one point here is that, uh, Sometimes it's a little nebulous as to whether an actor is supporting or the lead. Like this is a good example of if you counted the screen time that each him and Miles Tower were actually on screen, it was probably pretty close. What it boils down to is whose story is it, and ultimately it's Miles Teller's story. So he's uh, he's the lead. But it's also smart sense. because it, it could also be a strategy thing because if you submit him. As as best leading actor, that is a really tough field. Very true. Very true. You have a better chance. You have a better chance yeah, yeah. at supporting. It's a good point. And like, which is, and, and here's a great reason why. Mark Ruffalo, who I thought did an amazing job, he's just not in Foxcatcher as much as J.K. Simmons is in. He basically he basically shares the movie with Miles Teller. Correct. So. Mark Ruffalo does, an, does such a good job, but he's just he's in maybe you know 35 percent of the film where J.K. Simmons is in everything and every scene right. J.K. Simmons is in he did deserve it every scene he's in is just like right lightning you yeah. know it, and it's really it's really and he, he gave a great speech he did he did you know thank your mom and dad yeah. call your mom <laughs> and dad like that was really sweet you know what I really liked about that movie it made me uncomfortable. Like, it made me uncomfortable as a character study, like, from this abusive teacher to also the student who's can kind of be an asshole, too. Like, yeah, the student's an asshole and is yeah. okay with the abuse. Yeah, yeah. So you have a lot of stuff going on, and it was a really interesting character study, and it was like, you know, well, should I be rooting for him to, yeah. you know, should I be going through this crucible, or should I not be? Like, it... it it made it very vague as to where you should um, root for, if anything, in this film. And like I said, it made me kind of uncomfortable watching this abusive teacher and a student, a student that pretty much, he didn't have to go back to that show. No. He didn't, uh, you know, that, uh, like you said, basically st stood for it. Yeah. So now let's go into a costume design. I really wanted to see Grand Budapest Hotel win um, some of these awards because, like I said, all these other movies are either period or fantasy, but Budapest had to do both and um, kind of thread the needle between this fantastic world that it created, but it was also historical. Right. Like, uh, so I really, um, I was happy to see it win uh, these awards. Uh, makeup and hairstyling, I would have liked to have seen Guardians of the Galaxy, but Grand Budapest is a good second choice. And Grand Budapest cleaned up in all these categories. It sure did. It won be yeah. best makeup. You know, it yeah. won, uh, what were the other ones it won? It won uh, uh, production design. Yes, which um, I really felt it deserved. Which it deserved too. Yeah. I mean, then it won music. It won, I mean, like, uh, a cheap music written original score, basically. It won mm. that. And then it also, did it win anything else? But still, that was what, four? I mean, yeah, it won, yeah. It's it won, it won four. It's enough for a marketing campaign. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, it deserved every single one of those awards it got because it was typical Wes Anderson. Right. Like we talked about, very unique mm -hmm. vision, very unique world that he created. 
Um, and you do that with production design, with costume, with music, with hair and makeup. Like, mm. uh, that was really cool. Um, the foreign language film, Ida, uh, that one. Yeah, and these are more films that are very difficult to find. We'll get into that more yeah. in the documentaries. It's difficult to find and actually watch these. Mm-hmm. But that was definitely the front runner. Um, everyone was saying that one would win. A little disappointed in the live action short film. I really wanted Butterlamp or Boogaloo and Graham to win. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, the phone call won. Best documentary short subject, as we talked about, was uh, Crisis Hotline. Um, now, let's talk about Best Animated Short Film, because you actually got to see all of these. Yeah, you know, they were playing these uh, when I was in Vegas. So I went to Best Animated Short, and um, it was so funny. I was talking, you know, Gary Brightwell was like, it was so funny. He goes, Graham, it's just, car- like, how is this a category? It's just a cartoon. I go, no. I go, I go oh, wait a minute. I said, I go, these movies are really, a lot of them are very well made. There's this depth to them. Yes. And I was referring to like uh, the dam keeper, uh, I thought should have won. And it's, it's, okay. if you can see these, they're, they're good. I mean, Fe- feast is a good movie, but the dam keeper, uh, still it's a cutesy. Basically it's a movie about a cutesy dog. It's a cutesy dog. And this, and then when that one, Gary tweeted or texted me and I was like, you're right. The cute dog meeting mom. Yeah, eating yeah. food. And it's just like, that to me was a little it's got the pixar machine behind it i mean when's the actually this is a good question for you fans when's the last time a pixar short didn't win or pixar Mm -hmm. or disney short did not win Mm -hmm. uh you probably have to go back a few years i gotta tell you because like a single life is a really good powerful movie uh me and Moltron is is good but the dam keeper to me was like what was it about (sighs) oh It's kind of hard to explain, but there's a, there's, it's a world where everybody is an animal. Okay. But it's in a town, and there's this young, I guess he's a young pig, mm-hmm. and he takes care of the dam to make it not overflow into this city that's, uh-huh. that's beneath it. And then, he, then he, he's a young kid, and then he you know, takes like the tram or whatever into school, and he's in class, and everybody makes fun of him. Oh, mm-hmm. little piggy, and they're, and they're mm-hmm. alligators and wolves and whatever. Right. And you know, he befriends, there's a new girl in school who's a young fox, and- and they have this uh, amazing relationship and then he gets mad and all this stuff. And it's really, it's really touching. It's really heartfelt. It's really unique animation. Um, and uh, as is the bigger picture, that's the other thing. They all have very unique styles of animation and Feast is, is looks good, but it's just kind of. It's what Pixar does. It's what Pixar does and we've yeah. seen it. And so, and the big eyed cutesy dog and the cutesy kids like, mm-hmm. It's just so, it's such, it's not a bad movie. It's just right. such button pushy. Right, right, sure. That, that, you know, it sort of justified Brightwell's point of, ah, they're just cartoons, you yeah. know? Yeah, this is the first time Pixar proved him right. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I'm like, before the, 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 the show, I was like, come on, I'm laughing. I'm like, Gary, it's not, they're not like Hanna-Barbera films, you right. know, like these movies have some depth. And yeah. of course, the one that didn't have one. Um, <laughs> but if you can see the best animated uh, shorts, I would see them. Although I, I go to the box office and I'm like, oh, let me, I want to buy tickets. And they're like, okay, it's the girl goes, I, I should warn you, it's 25 bucks. I go, $25 to see short films? She goes, I know. Why? She, I, I go, how much are the, the, the live action shorts? She goes, those are 10. I go, why? She goes, that's the price. You know, like, I guess that's the price that the distributor set. I don't know if that was where I saw it, the AMC in Vegas. But I was like, no. 
And I bought an $8 ticket to Hot Tub Time Machine because I was like, I'm not paying $25. That like, makes no sense. It, why would you price something out? Don't you want... That very few people are going to seek out and see anyway. They're going to Very few people are going to seek out and see, and then that price point's going to make people not see it. Right. It was wow. so... It made me so That's mad. That's genius. It was genius. So I gave my money to Hot Tub Time Machine, nice. which was fucking dumb. I didn't want to do that. But I was like, I'm not spending 25 You know bucks. what? Won't affect anything. <laughs> Won't affect anything. <laughs> Just it matters the more I put my money. Yeah, um, I, I understand. Best animated feature. Uh, I'm glad Big Hero Six won. You know, we talked about it. That was a fun. We movie. did. I did not want to see How to Train Your Dragon two. I know we split on that movie. Now the other two movies, Song of the Sea and The Tale of Princess uh, Kaguya. I actually really wanted to see these films, but again, difficult to find. Yeah, even on on demand. So, box trolls. Uh, box trolls. Yeah, that one was actually good. But if out of the ones I've seen, Big Hero Six. Definitely deserve to win, but I do want to see the other two. Yeah. Uh, production design great at Budapest Hotel absolutely deserved to win. Um, you know, these all had good production designs, uh, but ultimately, you know, Into the Woods is still fantasy. Um, imitation game is period. Uh, Interstellar, that would be the only one I would say, and, and of course, Mr. Turner is period, but Interstellar because you have a world created of a possible future. Right. So you actually have very specific production design. So I would say out of those two, those were probably the front runners. Yeah, like had Interstellar won for production design, I would have been okay yeah, with it yeah, for those too. reasons uh-huh. because they were creating something, um, you know... A hard science fiction future. A hard science fiction mm-hmm. future and... Um, you know, the spacesuits and all that stuff, I, th- I, th- I thought it was really interesting. Uh, cinematography, you had to give it to Birdman because of the one continuous shot, right? Like, didn't you just, wasn't it like... You know what's interesting, too? If you um, if you take that out and, like, any, you know, fantasy sequences, I wonder if it would have won. Well, to me, this, I don't know that it's necessarily... Why I would give it is not necessarily the fantasy sequence. It was the fact that it was, like, one continuous, continuous shot. shot right. And that like, like is... Rope. Yeah, it's really it's really yeah. hard to do. Easy. So that to me was what was really right. impressive about that. Okay, um, and that's probably what put it over the top. Yeah, um, I mean, and these are I mean, Roger Deakins is amazing. You know, he's an amazing DP, and he you know he did good stuff. In, it's always more of a surprise when he loses than when he wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, editing, you know, this is one of those categories that um, doesn't get much traction or doesn't get a lot of play or press or whatever you want to call it but it is so crucial and i would i I would put american sniper in the second you know had american sniper won, i would have been okay with it not that boyhood budapest or imitation game didn't deserve it but the cutting back and forth in american sniper was pretty um was pretty amazing and it also helped tell the the story, right? Which is exactly what Whiplash did. Like the cutting back and forth, and the, the cuts between the, the close-ups on the on the instruments in his hands, and the and the extreme close-ups of like J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. Like those were done, yes, with such skill, mm-hmm. and it really brought. You know, for me watching it when I was watching Whiplash, the editing helped me feel like I was right in that chair as you said really uncomfortable watching this relationship and it was um and that was the effect that the filmmakers wanted you to Mm -hmm. feel they wanted you to be really uncomfortable with what you're watching 
Um, I actually wanted to see Boyhood win this one just because stringing together 10 years worth of footage, I thought it's never been done before. And it's the way the transitions were, where they were subtle and they weren't ham-handed like right. cards or anything right. like that. Like you actually had to um, um, get the information from what you're watching when there was a, mm-hmm. uh, a time transition. So, But again, all there's not one of these that were like, oh, I can't believe that one got for nominated for editing. Yeah. They're all good. Um, documentary feature Citizen Four. <laughs> no, this is more I, like okay. So Citizen Four wins, right? Now these are all, you know, you've got Last Days in Vietnam, you've got Virunga, which is on Netflix. Uh, which you, the, I did see that. One. You saw that one, mm-hmm. Salt of the Earth, Finding Vivian Mayer. Um, again, I say this every year, and I will always say it. I think it's great that the Academy brings these five documentaries and even the short subject document and short yeah. films. They're bringing these movies that we would never, like, no, no one, most people would never. And it would be great to be able to see them before the awards. They still haven't figured that out yet. Like the only reason I got to see Varunga is because Netflix helped uh, produce it. Yeah. That's which, the only reason it was streaming. I know, which is, which is why it, 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 it just makes perfect sense because the Oscars are watched by so many people, I, right. I, I don't know if it's just like they're snobs and they all oh, the middle America won't want to watch this. Yeah, they will. Absolutely. Everyone's watching this. Everyone's having Oscar pools. Yeah, it's like it's like when people collect things. It's like you want to be like kind of like a completist. Mm-hmm. It's like all right, well, I want to see everything before I actually make my Oscar pools and do everything. And, and it's it's so hard to see everything. Like you're lucky if you get to see um, you know one or two of the documentaries. Right. You're lucky if you get to see any of the shorts. Usually it's because it's in front of, you know, Big Hero 6. Yeah. That's the reason you got to see the short. Like, why is, you know, you know. <sighs> so I hope we're still like Jupiter we're going Jupiter Ascending, why, you know, get that, open up some of the screens from that and put in some of these. Like, you could just do, and this is what they did at this theater in Vegas, which was smart. They put the shorts on in one screen. Right. So, like, 1230 was animated. 215 was live action, 430, you know what I mean? They, they just- They rotated, they so just, you could watch both if you want. And you could do that with these feature yeah. docs. Just one of them was over double the price. Yeah, <laughs> for a, a ridiculous reason. Um, so, uh, the, you know, when Citizen Four wins, you know, it's about Edward Snowden, and that's, that's, yes. that's pretty amazing. And then Neil Patrick Harris goes, he goes- uh, yeah, Edward Snowden couldn't be here for, couldn't be here, which starts to get a joke for some treason. I mean, reason. And it's just like, you're saying, so you think he, like. You know what he did? He just, he went for a lot of the obvious jokes that I doubt he believes that. <laughs> and it's, uh, uh, I, I really think too, it was, uh, <laughs> Like saying the jo- saying this joke, saying uh, Edward Snowden couldn't be here for some reason. That's a fine, quick little. And you know what? It, it is, and it's a it's a great setup, like you were saying, for a joke. And you could end it there. That's right. absolutely that's absolutely fine. And then you could tag it with, like, uh, you know, you could you could make like either any type of joke after that. You could do a um, a Roman Polanski joke after that. Sure, you could do, he could go yeah, exactly. a lot of different directions. He's hanging out with Roman Polanski or something yeah, like yeah. that. But instead, he says he couldn't be here for some treason. So you're saying Edward. Snowden committed treason? Are you... After that great speech that uh, the winner said? Exactly. That's the thing he's talking about. He's talking about... Now, whether... If you don't... If you don't agree with what Edward Snowden did, okay. 
Um, that's fine, but you're the host of this show, and the person just gave a really compelling speech about our personal freedoms and fighting the government yeah. and all this other stuff, so then you're going to come on and say he committed treason in this room full of millionaire liberals? Okay. Way to go, dumbass. <laughs> the whole crowd is on on board with the speech that just yeah. happened. And all of the, um, like I was calling them like issue sneaks. Yeah. Like uh, Patricia Arquette did a great issue sneak. Yes. Like, uh, like towards the end, like she went through a regular speech really quick and then adds it at the end. Yeah. But here's the thing. I like seeing that because it's Hollywood using its platform to do good. Right. And that's actually something I enjoy seeing. So I was on board with all of it. I like that too. I, I will say there was a, uh, um, uh, uh, our fan Jason Christian called me out a little bit. Uh, cause I retweeted, okay. When Pat- Patricia Artrette gave that speech, I retweeted yeah. this, this female comic, I forget her name posted like, Oh, it's so great. She goes, what women's, what is she taught? What wage inequality is she talking about as a room full of millionaires or whatever, which I think is funny. And I think, and I retweeted that. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, well, Jason said, actually, she's talking, you know, she's fighting for the woman who's making $8.50 an hour at Walmart that should be making, you know, and Mm -hmm. I said, and I wrote back, good point. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. And it is, and it it is right. When, when, when celebrities do use, this thing. And honestly, I'd rather see Patricia Arquette do something like that than when you see like, um, who is that one girl at the Golden Globes who then complained, well, I, all those other years I lost and finally I won or whatever. And we were like, didn't you listen to George Clooney's speech about if you're in this room, you've already won? Yeah. So I, I, I think- By far. Yeah, by far. <laughs> and so it is, it is cool that they're, that they're doing that, um, that Patricia Arquette made that point. And then when they make that point, like I was almost waiting for Neil Patrick Harris to then say some dumb joke making fun of women, like to just get everybody to fucking hate him, you know? Like, <laughs> but then it would have been a clean sweep. God damn it! It was so. I, I ugh. and then all right, original song. Okay, so that went to glory with with. Um, now this is one of the interesting categories that because they actually play the songs. Um, everyone gets to hear them, right? Like, um, so I, I'm not surprised at all. Corey uh, won. It, it's a it's a great song, and and uh, again, I'm not going to miss you. Is definitely very um, uh, very moving as well. But I thought that was that deserved to win. Yeah, and and again, I, I'm not going to miss you. Was was the story behind it? You know, there's Glenn Campbell who, you know, there was. Especially after seeing Still Alice, like yeah, he yeah. knows he's losing his memory and goes, Okay, I'm gonna write this song. And his wife and daughter are in the audience, which is a really touching moment. Um, but it was cool. But then I loved I loved it again, you know, Common gave a great speech again. Yes, another great one. Him and John Legend. I actually I tweeted that uh, you know, let Common host the Oscars next yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's making these great points. He's like the bridge represents um, you know, the kid in the south side of Chicago and the French person. And and I think that's really good. You know what people don't know too with Common? He's funny. Yeah. He's actually he's funny too. Well, if he had good writers, I mean yeah. <laughs> he could he could really pull it off. Uh but yeah, that was cool. It was and it was another good speech. Um and then of course Grand Budapest wins again for uh, uh original score. Original score. Mm-hmm. Um and then original screenplay. This I was a little surprised at with Birdman winning original screenplay. I really thought uh uh, Budapest would get it or uh, Boyhood. I'm confused as to why Foxcatcher is in this category because 
I mean, well, I, I'm more confused about Nightcrawler. Yeah, I mean, because it's based on a true story. I mean, I know it's not adapted from a book, from what I understand, but I, that, that it's it's sort of a confu- a slightly confusing category. Uh, I would have gone Boyhood on this as yeah. well, or or I mean, or, or Grand Budapest, really. But but yeah. Birdman again. I like Birdman. Uh, like I said, it was a little, you know, misled maybe, or, or just the or just had some different expectations, I guess, because mm-hmm. of the trailers. But it's still it's still a good film, uh, and uh, it has, you know, it it is cool, it is inventive, it is sort of experimental. Well, it did very well at the Oscars. Yeah, it did very well <laughs> at the Oscars. Um, it won every big award. Yeah, it swept. And then adapted screenplay. I'm not surprised. Imitation Game won. Uh, Inherent Vice again. Very surprised that is there. Right. Um, Theory of Everything or American Sniper. I expected. Um, yeah, I was. I don't know. It was. A, it was an interesting category. It was like aside from Inherent Vice, they're all like. Yeah, they were solid adaptations. But and you know, and I think that guy Graham Moore gave a a, a good speech. You know, talking about. Um, you know, if you're a freak or however he put it, if you're strange or weird, yeah, you know, he tried to kill himself. He tried to kill himself, and I was just like, now he's standing there. Now he's standing there, yeah. and and you know, the story of of Alan Turing is is you know, it's holy shit that he was the greatest mind of a generation. It's fascinating and tragic, and so tragic that yeah. he was then just treated like some sort of you know criminal. Um, and, and he saved literally millions of saved lives. Saved millions of lives to help the Allies win the war yeah. against Hitler. Had mm-hmm. we not won that war, we would not be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, that, and that was a really cool speech. And I was almost waiting for Neil Patrick Harris to then make some stupid joke. Some, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, achievement in directing. I really thought Boyhood was going to get this, but this is where Birdman really started to uh, sweep all the bigger categories. This was Birdman, man. I did not think it was going to do the exact. I thought this is where 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 Linklater was going to was going to yeah because it's the thirteen year thing right and right. all that stuff. Um, and everybody else like Foxcatcher is a good film, but but I don't think it had enough. It didn't have enough like groundswell behind it in terms of just award show hype. And it was also here's the interesting thing. It was also a smaller movie. It was yeah. When you when you look at you know, directing in some of these uh, other movies. You've got Grand Budapest was basically a rather large movie. If sure. You see it. A little more epic in scope. Imitation Games, period. Boyhood, obviously, that scope was huge. Um, yeah, Foxcatcher was just on a much smaller scale. And then, you know, Birdman, you've got, you know, you, you, it follows the cinematography. Right, and it's, and it's also like, yeah, it's all the one shot and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this, you know, because um, I really like Foxcatcher, and I think this happens every year a little bit, is the directing that Bennett Miller did was really, you know, for at least watching the final product, is very subtle in terms of how he directed these actors. And I don't think that that subtle directing of actors doesn't always get the fanfare. Not to take anything away from any of these other movies, um, but, like, that's not easy to subtly direct these people, especially somebody like Steve Carell, who is playing somebody so different than who he's ever played. 
Well, I think and that it's a te- was... And it's a testament to how good Steve Carell is, yes. but it's also, that's that's a that's a director helping with, you know what I mean? I think that was also one of the problems why it didn't win, is because so much time was spent on getting these amazing performances from these actors. Some of the other stuff got neglected a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. So I that's think, a fair like, point. I think overall directing, when you take in everything from story progression to actors to um, how the movie actually looks, I think um, it's, you know, it's big picture. Uh, you know what? I think we should uh, we should do our ad. Bo Birdman, we've got an ad. Birdman, Harry's razors. Oh, I just shaved. You love Harry's razors. I shaved one the other day. I've shaved in Vegas, and you brought them with you. I I, I travel with Harry's razors yeah. now. Uh, I love these razors. They are the best razors your man face can get for the price. <laughs> uh, they, you know, it's funny. Like there was a, there's a, like. And they're cheap. They're cheap. They yeah. co- they come in less than two bucks a blade. They're so good. Yeah, why pay thirty two dollars for an eight pack? Yeah, I mean, I was. I've said this before. I, I would. I would even go to like Costco to buy my old blades to get a mm-hmm. quote unquote deal, and it was still like fifty dollars for ten or twenty blades. But how are these blades? Even though they're cheaper, they're 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 the they're better blades. And I'm wow. not saying that. Like, here's the thing: they obviously gave us free blades when we did our first ad campaign with them a while ago, mm-hmm. I still buy them now. Right. These are my blades. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm in, you know, if they don't do ad reads with us anymore, you're I'm still, still going to be, you're still a customer. I'm still, I'm still going to be a customer. So the other thing I like about them is they have a, a bit of a, a social mission too. Mm-hmm. They give 1% of the sales and at least 1% of their time to organizations that prepare people for personal and professional success. So they give back a little bit too, which I like. And you know, it's always the smaller startup mm-hmm. companies that do that. You know, I, I know some of the big corporations, they do that too, but, you know, these smaller companies are making less money. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're specifically taking that time and money to do that, that I think that means a lot. And it's like one of those one of those things you don't think about, but let's say you have been down on your luck for whatever reason. You're going to need a shave. You're gonna, I mean, honestly, you got you to gotta shave and maybe you never, you know, you bounced around. I don't know, like you've all, you, you were living on the street or whatever. That stuff, you can't take that stuff for granted. So the fact that these guys help out a little bit with that, I think, is is a good thing. So I, guys, go to harrys.com. It's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Yeah. All right. And right on. And I, do we have a coupon code? I'm not sure if we have a coupon code or not. We're waiting for the email. Um, if there is a coupon code for $5 off, use it by process of elimination. It's CFN. CFN. Then comedy film, film nerds. nerds. Comedy film or film nerds. It's probably one of those. It's one of those yeah. to get $5 off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this ad just popped up. We didn't get the coupon code. But I do know if you go to harrys.com, that's where you can buy them. And you, one of those coupon codes will work to save five bucks. Yeah. And you'll have they're all, And they're already cheap. That's what's so great. Yeah. And you're, you'll have a... And you can get the... the you can buy... They have got the gel. They've yeah, they got, have a foaming shave gel. They have foaming shave gel. They also have a cream. They have the... I prefer the gel... It's not just about the blades, Graham. No, doctor. It's about keeping that whole, it's keeping your moneymaker looking solid. That's what harrys.com is all about, guys. You got to polish that man face. You got to polish that man face. Get out there with a nice polished man face and shake that can and make some cash. All right? That's how I keep the bills paid is I get out there and uh, polish up the man face. That's their new slogan. Polish up the man face. Um. So, performance by an actor in a leading role. Okay, I had to go on stage, so I missed these last yeah. three winners. 
Um, I am not surprised at all. Bradley Cooper uh, wins that, it. No, Eddie Redmayne won in Theory oh, right. of Everything. Oh, no, I did see that. I did yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bradley Cooper is weirdly highlighted on this thing. Yeah, you gave me. So you had Steve Carell, Bradley Cooper, Benny, Benny Cumbo, uh, Mikey Keats, yeah. and Eddie Redmayne. Uh, uh, this was a solid category. It was, it was, definitely. And when you look at just the performances alone, they were all solid. There's no, there's none here where you went, oh, I don't know how they got it. Well, how they get in there. Yeah. Um, but Eddie Redmayne, I mean, you kind of had the feeling, because the Golden Globes, Michael Keaton won and Redmayne won because they were yeah. in different, they have multiple categories in, in, in the Golden Globes. I think the takeaway here is that we need to stop hiring British people. <laughs> they beat us. Far too many British people won awards. Um, I, I got to say, I mean, of these five, Eddie Redmayne, I thought did they, they're all solid. They all they right. all they all did great performances. But Eddie Redmayne, as we said, you know, becoming a guy with ALS who also happens to have the greatest brain in the last hundred years, yes, uh, was was pretty uh, pretty amazing feat. Um, obviously, I would have liked to have seen. Um, David O'Yelio from Selma in there uh, as well, but uh, these are the guys they picked. So Eddie Redmayne, you know, any one of the five of these, I think would I would have been happy with with their win. Right, I agree. Um, That's a loud jet flying. Flying. What's landing? It's the Google helicopter. It's the Google helicopter. (laughs) They're jet powered helicopters now. Um, So, all right, and then. Performance by an actress in a leading role. Um, this is, again, a strong category. However, Julianne Moore, I would have been surprised if she did not win. And I really think it helped her that the rest of the movie was so mediocre that her performance stood out yeah. even more so. Yeah. Like, uh, she brought her A game, and everyone else kind of brought their B game. Uh, so I, I thought she did an amazing job. Now, I will say I really liked Wild, too. And I thought Reese Witherspoon she- did an amazing job as well. Um, uh, Rosamund Pike they all they all did good jobs but I think Julian Moore definitely deserved it uh, out of these five that were nominated I, I would agree I think she did the strongest performance and again they all did like Felicity Jones is really good in the theory of everything um, and uh, as is Rosamund Pike and I, I will say as and I said this when, we, when Wild came out uh, I hope Reese Witherspoon keeps making films like this well it's it's the lesson of the stealth producer Right. Of the actors that uh, take control of their own material. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing better you can do as an actor yeah. or an actress. Um, you know, Jodie Foster does it. You know, you basically you're becoming a stealth producer. You know, if you're going to get stuff handed to you by studios and you don't like them, guess what? Go make your own Go shit. Go make your man. own. Yeah. yeah. That's all we do every day. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. difference is no one's handing us anything right? at all. We have uh, no choice. But option, <laughs> yeah. Option the book on your own, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, put the package well, together. Well, if, if you look and, at yeah. what she's doing, her company was also involved in producing Gone Girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, she's just out there doing really right. compelling projects. There's plenty of Tom Hanks movies, like Playtone, that he's produced that yeah. uh, he's not in. He's not in at all. And I, I, I love when, you know, when A list actors really do this because it just gets so. You know, Johnny Depp, hey, brother, you could if do this. If anyone could do that. You could yeah. do this, dude. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. He, he needs to follow that, uh, that en- lead. Enough making Mordecai just so you can hang yeah. out on your yacht or whatever. Make some shit that, that people want to see. Well, maybe that was the deal. It's like, we'll shoot the whole movie on your yacht. On your yacht. <laughs> so you don't have to leave. Okay, can I have a fake mustache? <laughs> Perfect. 
Well, we haven't really talked about best supporting actress. I know we talked about Patricia Arquette's speech, yes. but um, the other the other nominees in that that category were uh, Laura Dern in Wild, Kira Knightley in The Imitation Game, Emma Stone in Birdman, and Meryl Streep in Into the Woods. Now, the right. one solid joke, one of the solid jokes uh-huh. of the show was he lists off Patricia Arquette, Laura Dern, Kira Knightley, Emma Stone, and as mandated by the state of California. Uh, Meryl, Meryl Streep, yeah, funny yeah. joke, yeah, because ultimately she's playing a witch. I mean, there's not, there's nothing and, in that performance. It's, it's Academy uh, Award, uh, yeah, we all nomination. know Meryl Streep's great, yeah, yeah, but, but you don't have to nominate her every year. Like, there's she's in a movie. so many other women that yeah. could have gotten this nomination, and they should have, they definitely yeah. should have. So now I will say, Laura Dern and Wild did an amazing job. However, it's also you look at like a supporting actress. She wasn't in it as much, right? Like when you have like Patricia Arquette was lit in that entire. I think she film. suffered from a little Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, in yeah. terms of she just wasn't in it enough to like right. overtake you with Patricia Arquette is in most well, of the movie. Exactly, you know. Exactly. Uh, so that was good. Kira Knightley, man, she did a she did a great she job. solid job, yeah. solid job, and um, what her, her character had to go through. You know, as a woman and, and having this strict family and all the all the like sort of secret navigating they had to do. Yeah, yeah. And the, the clip that they used in the show was great. She's like, you know, she goes, this is the most important thing I'm ever going to do in my life. I don't give a shit about anything else. I have right. to do this. And... And even when she doesn't, before she does, before she knows he's gay, and she's like, "Let's, we'll just make this work." Yeah, yeah. I don't care that you're weird. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Well, I don't care. We don't even, you know. And then even when he finally comes out to her, she's like, "I don't care." We're yeah, because <laughs> we connect on an intellectual level. Yeah, and yeah. and and when you're that smart, you know, he should have taken her up on her offer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, you know, Emma Stone does a does a good job in Birdman, but she's not. Like Emma Stone, here's a good example. I think Emma Stone and Laura Dern are both in the movie about the same, right? But Laura Dern really stands out as like, wow, that was there's some great scenes. Every line she took very seriously, very seriously, and sort of this flawed single mom who's trying her best, yeah, and but you know keeps getting shacked up with the wrong guy right, and all right. that stuff. Um, <clears throat> so. That was really compelling. Emma Storm does a good job, but it's just sort of like, I, th- I think this was just sort of, well, Birdman's so great, so we should just give someone <laughs> from Birdman a nomination. Do you know what I mean? Where, right. where it's like, th- and, this is, and this was one of those years where I really wish the Academy members, and I say this to the younger members, like obviously the not sending out screeners, like, like, Interstellar and Selma. We talked about right. that. They made a mistake. That's a marketing mistake. Whoever whoever was in charge of that decision, you screwed up. Right. Well, we know it was Christopher Nolan for Interstellar. Yeah. But I don't know who the, who who dropped the, the studio. ball with, with with Selma. But it's their fault up to a certain point, right? Because the young, especially the younger Academy members, who know this, we're living in this digital world where right. movies are all over the place. And when and how can you see them? Yeah, filmmakers, okay, get out there and hustle and market, but I think it is up to the young Academy members to go search for some stuff and not just keep giving the same people, you know, and Doug Doug brought it up when he was on the, the Oscar preview show, like the, the complaints that it was a mostly white show, that Selma didn't get enough, those are, are very valid sure. campaigns. But there's also a bunch of other movies 
any any number of films, any number of people, male, female, whatever ethnicity, that did great performances that got Fault in Our Stars. Fault, oh my God, that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her and the guy should have been both nominated. Mm-hmm. Right then, like like boom. Yeah. You know, um, so even Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, you've got these 10 best pictures, you know, throw them a little bone. I mean, you know, because I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, it's a popcorn movie. It'll never get nominated. But no, Lord of the Rings, they won yes. one. Uh, there was a star, I think Return of the Jedi has won Oscars. So um, there is definitely a precedent for, you know, I, science fiction popcorn movies just, to actually win awards. Fuck the up to 10. Just make it 10. Just if, if the whole point, you of know this, what happened? That was backlash from the first year that it was ten, and what happened stupid. is, it, but but it went in the opposite direction. Yeah. Now they're like too scared to get to ten. Like uh, when the first ten came out, I was like, I don't know if they all need to be on there. But uh, so there's like, well, it'll be up to ten. But then it feels like the um, now we're scared to put more than you know seven or eight. Just, no, you can add you can add a few more if they deserve it. I, I think just say ten. You can find 10 really good movies. Pull your heads out of your asses and go look and find some movies. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, would, wouldn't it be great if it were, if, if Fault in Our Stars was on the list? Oh, wow, it came out in the spring. Like, right. Why are we, you know, if you really want the Oscars to be about helping to sell movies and get right. people in love with movies, then don't just show them the same six people, the... Meryl Streep and the same like a handful of films. Don't just show them that. Go find some stuff, you know? Absolutely. And ultimately, like you said, it's up to the Academy members. I mean, they're they're the ones that should be doing it. Now, like you said, you can only blame the studios up to a point, like for them sending out screeners and stuff. You as a member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, it's your job to find And if your whole point is like, let's get people back in the theaters... Right. Go tell them what to go see. Right. right. Go find some yeah. cool films. I completely agree. You know, and give these smaller movies some distribution. Don't put yes. fucking Ju- uh, Jupiter Ascending on four screens in a multiplex. Like, get it the fuck yeah. out of there. You know, and and, and Where there and, were people only in one. And hey, yeah, <laughs> and hey, Academy, this is your industry. Right. This is your business. So if you use the Oscars that goes out to a billion people, right, all over the world, all over the world, mm-hmm. then get some shit out there. Yes. Be smart. Now, I will say the one fail I will have for Assholes. ABC that I, I got—I I actually got irritated about this. And this is a the Oscars is a live event. Uh-huh. It's also kind of a family event. You know, families kind of watch it right. together. And it's six o'clock in our house, and they are showing promos for like how to get away with murder with bloody bodies all over the place. And I was—I—I I was furious. I like—I we had to turn the TV off to get through these ridiculous promos that were being shown in front of my kids at like six o'clock at night. And it's like, I even tweeted ABC, fail. Uh, you know, this is ridiculous. You're putting these uh, right. violent promos on in a live, it's a live event. Right. It's not like we can fast forward through them. So it, it's, it's again, I don't know who's running the marketing departments from studios to television networks. It's, it's a mess. They don't know what they're they doing. They don't know what they're doing. Like, who are you appealing to? They're no, trying to appeal trying to, to get, everybody yeah. and no one, and they don't know what yeah. they're doing. You're trying to get all the people watching the show to watch your new dumb, violent shows that no one wants to see. Uh, and you know, I just there's so many things that they don't. They don't. It's so clearly they're stuck in like old business model land. 
and trying to it's it's it was like it was like the Anne Hathaway James Franco experiment. Right. We gotta get the kids involved. So yeah. we're gonna hire two people that aren't com- comedians. Yeah, and then that I'm sure the takeaway was there. See, we tried to go young, it didn't work. We got Seth MacFarlane, he's too dirty. Yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna have Neil Patrick Harris take his shirt off? Like I don't understand. I think it was more of a like, oh well let's get a you know a Tony, you know, guy, a stage performer to actually do it. But you know, you you all you have to do is have great performers and great writers. I mean, it sounds like it's like, oh, it's easy, but apparently it isn't. Like uh, Alec Baldwin, and Steve, Steve Martin, Martin, amazing job. Amazing John Stewart, job. when he's done it, yeah. he's done a good yep. job. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I even like Chris. Chris Rock has yes. done it. You know, uh-huh. uh, like I, I still people complain about the Letterman year. I love the Letterman. Year. I love I the Letterman great. year because they're such sensitive. Yeah. Like. You know, I don't. They they just they, they can't get it right. They, they can't, really and can't they get keep it right. making the same mistakes. Yeah. You know? So it, it's frustrating. Uh, I will say, though, that a lot of these awards, it was good to see that a lot of deserving films and actors and actresses and writers and directors did win. Right. Like, there was nothing, there was no um, winner that got you angry. Like, oh, I can't no, believe no. it beat there. So, I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, I'll give absolutely. them credit for that. I mean, I don't know that I would have given Best Picture to Birdman. Uh, sure. I, I would have given it to either American Sniper or Selma mm-hmm. or Boyhood. Boyhood. Those are the three I would have given it to before right. I would have given it to Birdman. Um, but. It's subjective. It's subjective. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he gave a good speech. Yes, definitely. All right, guys. Well, that's, that's this that year's. That is our show. That's our Oscar show. Uh, we love doing The live tweeting is so much fun. That was really fun, yeah. And you guys were really uh, engaged, too. It was really fun to it's, see. It's, it's fun on a lot of levels, A, just to write the jokes, and then mm-hmm. to, to read the feed and, and hear the other things. And, yeah, and yeah. I, I was, like, laughing out loud at a lot of shit. Um, so that's always cool. Thank you guys so much for, you know, playing along with this every year and you know yeah it's really fun maybe earbuds will be there next year yep you never know <laughs> we gotta finish it first yeah <laughs> that's all we have to do to qualify it has to actually be done this year <laughs> yeah we year. have to get it done this year <laughs> um so always fun you guys thank you so much for all your your tweets and comments and oh and also i wanted to mention this we were having some issues with the store they are all fixed now so if you were trying to buy something and uh it rejected you or you got it like an admin error. It is done. It is fixed. You can buy anything you like there. In fact, we encourage it. Remember, uh, uh, Hello Junkie and Hit Clown shirts are still on sale. Yep. And also the message boards registering for those are open now too. So you could, uh, the uh, but we're doing a lot of work on the website. Yep. So getting uh, the experience better for you guys. So tomorrow, uh, February 24th, I will be headlining the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley, California. Um, and then the rest of the fe- the end of the month and then into March, I'm doing a bunch of domestic military bases and somebody put on my Facebook page, oh, I can't wait for Graham to come to my base at like Grand Forks or Minot, North Dakota or some shit like that. So <laughs> are you going to that base? Yeah, I'm going to Minot. I'm going to Grand Forks. I'm going to Montana. Are I'm- they all domestic? Yep. Mm-hmm. All domestic, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, all that stuff. So, um, that's our show, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you got any dates coming up? So actually I actually have one uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about. On March 
8th, it's a Saturday, I'll be part of the podcast um, San Diego event. I'll be doing a talk on uh, podcasting and connecting with your audience. Oh, cool. So that'll, um, that'll be happening March 28th. I'm looking forward to that. Right on. Uh, all right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thanks for watching the Oscars. My name's Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. As always, remember. Han, Han shot, shot first. Birdman. Birdman. <laughs>